Hey guys, welcome to the Wild Courage Podcast. Today I got my buddy Joel, who came out to visit with us about um, our upcoming event. So thanks for coming out, buddy. Damn it. Huge honor. I love being here with you. Yeah. Um, we've been, we've got to spend a little bit of time together in the last week and I just, I always love and appreciate our time together and it's an honor to have you back out to do this. So thanks for coming. And basically what um, Joel and I were going to talk about today is our upcoming retreat that's coming up in November. And what we're doing is we have our, we had one retreat this spring which is actually where we met yeah, for the first time. Never been the same since. <laughs> I, I've had a lot of people tell me that before. Yeah. And I hope that's in a good way. Yeah, it's a good way. <laughs> I've also never been out to Emmett so many times yeah. <laughs> as I had before meeting you. Yeah. Um, so Brian Bird introduced us or brought you, is who yeah. invited you to the Wild Courage Retreat last spring, right? Yeah. And I had um, I had context for what you guys have been doing out here in Emmett around the fire since you guys began. I was getting the emails, but it just seasonal life didn't add up with kids and what we were doing. It was late at night, um, but I had always had that seed in my heart of like, oh, that seems cool. I want to do that, um, but didn't know if I'd like just miss the boat, uh, whether or not that would actually get a be a part of what I could do. And then I got the invite from bird to come out to the retreat and it was in my heart. It was an instant. Yes. And then, you know, talk to my wife, Hey, uh, what yeah. does this look like? And it worked. Yeah. It was, it was cool because, um, he told me a lot about you because your connection was in basketball Yeah, is where you guys met doing some coaching and stuff and your whole background. I mean, before married with children was your life was basketball. Yeah. I mean, even, even in marriage, we, uh, it just became, it was my, you know, first passion with, was hoops and sport. Um, and then, you know, got a chance to go overseas. And so there was language and skill set. Um, and so it led to, you know, starting up, a with a, a good friend of basketball facility. And so that's where I met Brian and had the intersection with Brian. And it was honestly, it was Jesus and it was hoops and it was those two together and loving people, you know, kids, yeah. uh, that, you know, and then getting to see Brian in this context too, it makes sense because that's what I was always picking up when I was coaching alongside of him or training kids was this passion to see people, uh, no matter the venue, right. And create f a fire, yeah. <laughs> literally, you know, at least symbolically. Yeah. Um, and so we got to do that in hoops, you know, loosely uh, in some ways. Well, and he, you know, Brian, he, he loves to talk about his friends and stuff, which is one thing I love about him, but he was like, dude, I can't wait for you to meet Joel. He played pro basketball overseas. And, and I knew we were going to have some space and time at this retreat. Cause there's a gym to play basketball. Yeah, and when I first fun. met you, I, of course, when you think basketball, you think six, 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 eight or bigger. No. And you're like my height. Yeah. Right. I'm, li I'm little, we're a, little, or even a little bit shorter than me, actually, I think yeah. by an inch maybe. And so I was like, what? Okay, cool. And then fortunately you were on my team <laughs> and how I describe it to people is like you playing basketball with us was like how I play with my little tiny boys. <laughs> And you're like, oh, here, you just kept like giving us the ball. And then we'd get in a little bit of trouble <laughs> on the scoreboard. And then. and then you'd step back and 
train a bunch of three-pointers. Uh, and I was, I was like, oh, okay, I get, he's toying with everyone here. He's just being very generous and that was humble. Because <laughs> we, you know, there's a gymnasium at this <clears throat> retreat center. And so, you you know, we had an opportunity to just play. And here you are, when we, I know we'll get into it, but you, you go into some depths with men alongside of you. And then you come back up to the surface and you're just playing. Yeah. Um, and really my takeaway from that basketball time I was shuffling along, yes, but that was not because I was trying to play it easy. It's because my back was in a near spasm. Oh, and uh, but you—I did not know how athletic you were. And you know, it's okay. You can. Say, my wife yeah, says just, it all the time. For kind of a carrying an extra fat guy, <laughs> you can still move. I, people are always moving. surprised. <laughs> you had just good jumping ability. Those calves were serving you right. Oh, um, they were firing. They were working overtime. That was super fun. It was super fun. So that's how we met, and. At some point, we'll get you on here to do your story, Wild Courage style. Yeah, but cool. this context is just to give. I just thought it'd be cool if to get somebody that was at the retreat because I could sit here and talk about it and how great I thought it was. But I, I put it on, you know, yeah. me and Doc and Brian put it on, and so I thought it'd be cool to get your perspective of it. So it's basically, I think there was twenty five of guys, right? Mm-hmm. And then we we split up into groups of four. So there was guys we called facilitators or story group leaders that would go with each yeah, group. So, so there was five. In yeah, a group. five guys in yeah. a group. Um, and really, I've been to a ton of men's stuff that's all amazing. And it's usually centered around someone speaking. And once in a while, I've been to some of them where you break up and, you know, you might have 15, 20 minutes or so to tell talk to yeah. visit about your story or something. And wild courage really is about story. It's our mottos. Like you have a world that the story needs to hear and yeah. how redemptive and healing it is to tell your story. And also I think to hear other people's stories can be redeeming. And so it kind of, that's kind of what we've backed into, if you will, yeah. with doing fires for a couple of years. Um, so when we were praying about like, what does this retreat need to look like? I just thought of like, what do I want people to be driving home on Sunday? Like re- let's reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. And so it just came back to, we want guys to be seen and heard. And how do we do that is what we do around the fire. We're just going to make it a couple of days of that. And so every guy got, we broke up into little groups that we thought about and we put everybody with people they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, the first thing we tell guys is, you can't talk about That's what your you job. do. <laughs> it's so good. That is so important, too. Um, and, you know, I don't have in my current season of life, when I was playing basketball, it would have been a primary thing I would have talked sure. about. Sure. Um, Identity. Oh, man. It was easy for me to go there when we were up there uh, because I've been hungering for that uh, for a long time. And I was, but I had never really gotten to see it on a mass, well, not mass, but a larger scale of when you take away the topical conversation item of oh, what do you do for work? And you know, what is that? And all and the posturing that goes the, with that. Exactly. I was just going to say posturing. And that is such a block to actually knowing each other and the story really that's been silenced and because we're either too afraid of it or we've never learned it. It's never been validated by an attuned listener. And so the um the nature of not having that be 
or just having the permission to go into deeper waters right out of the gate uh, is kind of scary. Well, what do I talk about if I don't, if I'm not talking about my job? Uh, but when you realize you're all there together, oof, it's good. It's really powerful. Yeah. And we, we learned, we learned a bunch of these things from some of the, we, we picked, cherry picked from a lot of things we've heard. And then a lot of it was just organic of, um, of what we've learned around the fire mm-hmm. at the barn. Right. And so that was kind of our, our, our goal was like, what if we just made the whole thing pretty much about guys and their stories? Yeah. So what probably 80% of our time was spent in our small group and in groups of five, we broke up and sp- spread out over the compound. Yeah. And I think, I think I spoke the first night and then Brian had to turn the next day and then doc had to turn that night, yeah. but, and just kind of gave guys permission of like, Hey, the, the buy-in is, is a lot of times in these communities or not communities, but in these cultures around vulnerability, mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of, I see, I don't see a lot of risk being taken. It's like we get healed from something and then we kind of ride that same story out forever. Mm-hmm. So kind of we, I was just thinking like, how can we get guys to buy in? Well, you said that the first night when you were, and you went there in a story that you shared that was not from the past, but from the present, that was real time. And, uh, you know, just to back up a second, because coming out to the retreat, um, I knew a couple faces and people and I, I was hungering for genuine connection. And, you know, I've done a lot of emotional mapping and gone to a lot of therapy and I've been knocking on the door and having a conversation with God for a long time. And this weekend for me was a, um, (laughs) an expression of God's faithfulness Mm. and really intervention in my life through men. And I was given a map of what being authentic really looked like. And we, as much as we talk about it in culture, uh, we never really go into it and experience and give legs to it. So that first night, right, you kind of set the parameters like, hey, we're not here to posture. Like, we need you to show up as right where you're at right now and not hide behind any title or position or jockeying. And so, you know, the, the playing field's leveled right there. And you then in your share, you know, you shared some of your story, which really, you know, you should do that again because it just takes everybody mm. to a, a permission to go to the most vulnerable place, right? Trailblazing, like we've talked about. And um, then you said this, and this stuck with me the rest of the weekend. It's different to share um, vulnerably and then it is to share something costly. What is it going to cost you? Are you going to share from a place of cost? Or from a place, and I don't, I don't say this with like the context of like, you got to share something really more from like, there's more than what we realize to the story in, in my heart. And there's, there's a wound or there's a place of like recognition and celebration that I didn't know was there. And so when I got that framework of don't just be vulnerable share from a place of cost. Like, what is it going to cost you here? That man, as, as more and more guys did that, Oh, just the whole thing became, you know, fire. It, it did feel like the a dam broke open. Yeah, that's good. As sitting here, listening to you share that from your perspective of 
little bit of pins and needles, like what is this for? What are we all doing? This is the first one. Do they know what they're doing? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is no. no. We had no idea, <laughs> and still don't. Magic. <laughs> yeah, we still don't, which is great. And we just decided that. Well, I I learned that there's a difference between vulnerability and transparency. Yeah, and that's what it was. And that's a lot of times saying. we get recognition for vulnerability from something that happened a long time ago that cost us something maybe three years ago in our yeah. journey or five years ago. And we still ride that wave of vulnerability, but it's not, it's, you were just being transparent. It didn't cost me anything to share you guys about my, some of my, my story because I've already been healed from it. That's what it was. Yeah. It was the vulnerability and transparency. And that was new for me because I've done um, a lot of sharing on, you know, at, at different levels. And I've had a lot of healing and, you know, deliverance from things and addictions. And yet I've gotten, it's become almost comfortable. So when, when all of a sudden you, you made the reference to costly, well, risk. that was a whole nut. There was risk and man, that's where it is. It's in yeah. the risk. Because the thing that we're scared of, the, the freedom, the breakthrough is what we're learning, right? It's on the other side. So even in learning how to tell our own story, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I recognize that because I, I have such a crazy story that I could probably ride this for the rest of my life and, pro- and, and, and write a book, which I will someday. Which you should. And that be it. And I see so many people in these cultures of, of vulnerability that I'm like, whoa, wow, that's amazing. When did that happen? Oh, this was 1996. What? Yeah. Well, what's been going on since then? No, this. This is the thing. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I think we cheat ourselves. Yeah. By not like, let's go get wholeness. Let's go get some healing. Let's get from from our childhood stuff, become healthier and become whole. And then let's go after the next thing. Yeah. And that's the, and that's where the cost is. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not that hard to tell me about something from a long time ago that I've had healing in. What's going on in your marriage today? Yeah, what's going on in your life today? That's going to cost me something to share with you because vulnerability should have risk assigned to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, because why vulnerability is powerful is because we think if you know this about me, there's no way you could like me, let alone love me. And the power is the powerful thing about vulnerability is, is I'm going to share something with you that costs me because I don't see a way around this in a way that you could look at me after I tell you what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. And you care about me, let alone love me. And then to find out that's the opposite of the truth, that's where the healing is, right? That's so good. Um, Two things come up when you say that is, so this this is very much part of the, just the ethos of the weekend. And it it sounds intimidating as we talk about it on a mic. I'm (laughs) like, shoot, no, I don't want to be part of that. (laughs) Um, But you don't, I I, I didn't realize what I was missing until you taste, Mm -hmm. you don't realize how good it tastes to, um, either be known. Right. But the other side of it for me to this weekend or, you know, this last one that we did was knowing other men. I, I didn't realize like I didn't how, how rare it was for me to genuinely know other men below the surface. And what Mm. arrived for me was a friendship, friendship in a lonely place in my heart. Mm. And 
I had been doing a lot of work on a personal level before that retreat weekend. And I almost felt like that weekend was just like the nail in the coffin mm. to an old narrative that I'm alone. Mm. Right. And, you know, I think that's a, a dragon or a giant or whatever manifestation of fear that we, we, we have that is facing a wound that's totally connected to trauma for us of, and a, and a, and a story in the past that you are alone and you better figure it out or you're going to die alone. And truly almost to like the visceral level of death. Am I going to be alone when I die? That fear is that real. That's real. Yeah. And it's working in our psychology and it's working in our parenting and it's working in how we do relationship with each other and it works how we do relationship with each other as men. So it's so rare that you encounter weekends or time, a conversation, let alone a whole weekend where you are, you are confronting that dragon of fear that says you are all alone. If you, so the cost when you're talking about that, that's what it costs is like, really it's costly to let go of that fear because I've become so accustomed to operating with that fear in my hands clenching is that I, you know, I got to protect that belief almost. So when you have any, Mm, when you encounter a new belief that, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in this wound. I'm not alone in this pain. Really, I'm not alone in this story. And when you base it all around activity or what you're learning, it doesn't get to the heart level as when you face each other and you, without pressure, by the way, it's not like you were saying, coercing anybody to tell your story. It's so safe to just be with each other. And that's the point. Like, I honestly believe, and I don't think this happened, but maybe it did in other groups where nobody shared anything. And there would have been power in that because you're still seeing the man right there and you're being with the man of like, that's okay. And that was, that's a a new level of safety that I think is is getting created here that we're starving for because it doesn't have conditions. It's unconditional love. For the first time in most men's life, right? And this is what like really starts, this is really trickling into parenting Mm -hmm. of what conditions do we put love on? And being around a bunch of men that I feel unconditional love for. Like, you can't F this up, dude. I tell people that come sit in this office all the time, like, (laughs) you can't mess this up. I don't need anything from you. I love you unconditionally. Especially people that are struggling with addiction of any kind. I'm like, go, go use porn tonight. Go get drunk tonight. I, I don't... It does not bother me. I'm not going to think less of you. Yeah. And then go back to think about how we ingrain our, our kids to be so, our affections are so conditional, right? Yeah. And and not even in a bad way. But that's just like, we show up for our kids when they do good. Mm-hmm. How are we showing up in our relationships when people don't meet our expectations? And And that's something that's so profound that happened that weekend is the unconditional love that I think gives guys permission to be vulnerable and honest for the first, how many guys were vulnerable and honest for the first times in their lives? A lot, a lot. And you would never have thought that they would have gone there before. No, but it, but when you take away job title and cell phones, it's like in today's society, the closest thing that you could be standing there naked before each other, right? Like literally like, 
there's nothing to hide behind. Yeah. And, and create this, this space. And if, and it just takes somebody to go first. Yeah. And it gives everyone permission to be like, because what, what, what really happens, Joel, I think is if one guy goes first and is actually vulnerable, compassion has its place. And I think the power of this whole thing is right here. And I've never tried to put words for it. So bear with me. But I think when I sat there and I listened to somebody's in our group story and I saw them take huge risks and being vulnerable for the first time, all we do is feel compassion for them. And we're like, dude, I've never loved somebody I've never met before more in my life than I do you right now. And that compassion takes such a place in that space that we're, I think it gives us permission, like, well, maybe they'll feel that same compassion towards me because the lie is, right, what we already talked about with vulnerability is if they really know me, there's no way they could like me. If they really see me, there's no way they could love me. They're going to give me feedback like I got from my dad when I was a kid. Yep. And I was, you know, or That's whatever. The fear. That, That's, that's the fear. Because it's so conditioned. This is going to be validated, what I believe about myself. And then when it's not... And you, so I'll, I'll just speak from my own. When I wasn't necessarily sharing anything before that was new, but I had never had an attuned listener. So I'm looking at you right now, and you were in my group, and I, you wept, you wept for me, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what to do with that um, because I, I had wanted to grieve, you know, stuff that had happened to me, but I didn't know how. Because I didn't have my dad, you know, at this time, I, I have sense, amazingly, that's a whole, I'll, that will be in the next podcast that we do, is I didn't have permission to really honestly, like, uh, feel the sadness mm-hmm. until I'm looking at the tears coming down your face mm-hmm. as I'm sharing this, that I got permission to be like, oh my gosh, this is actually, this matters. And I can see that now. Uh, but it's hard to see it when you're, you know, if you're looking in a mirror, but when you look at another person and they say, I see you and I'm hurting with you mm. or, you know, other, it was another one where you were celebrating me in that, um, where I had overcome and I hadn't been validated there either. Mm-hmm. And I needed to be validated, not by the masses. I needed a, the personal touch of one or two or three who are safe in that space and holding you there. Um, I, I don't know how else to put it, but that's really what you, what, what I experienced was mm. being held in an area that I desperately needed to be known in and, and like given a hug in um, a little boy that needed to be yep. hugged that somehow just like released so much energy for me that I've been devoting to try and protecting that space that happened over and over again through the weekend. Uh, and I just felt like we were all walking around, eyes huge. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, this is all of us. We're getting huge. Including healed. us. Yeah. We're, we're literally being, we're like, we're setting up, like putting down the, the burden, the bag of rocks that we've been carrying. And why? Well, it's, you know, not, we didn't do anything except for we just allowed ourselves to be known. And we put some words to it or we put some tears to it Mm. or we gave each other. I don't know. I just, well, it's so simple and powerful outside of me and you, everyone else that was there was a bunch of millennial skinny jean wearing 
Softies, right? <laughs> no. No. I, I anything, think it's I important. I was the outlier. I showed up with a lion uh, <laughs> a lion sweatshirt that looks like Aslan. It's a badass sweatshirt. But uh, I I think I was the, the most city boy there. The the I mean, the demographic is incredible, right? That's Yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I think that people might listen to this and be like, well, yeah, that's not for me because I'm a, I'm a lumberjack or I'm an outfitter. I'm a rancher. Or, or, yeah, like... But the truth is, is like, there was a couple of cowboys there that could out rope, start ride colts, out do all the things that whoever may be listening to this, that like have been doing it for a long time. And there was, there was college basketball athletes there, there. I mean, it, it was such a, it mix. was all over the board. It really was. Yeah. And you had different, I mean, you had, I think our youngest was in the twenties, you yeah. know, um, late twenties and then all the way into the sixties. Yep, we had yep all the way up into the sixties and mid sixties. In the yep, we need that so much culturally, and so we got a weekend where we got to spend time through the generations, right, and the and the backgrounds. That there wasn't it wasn't groupthink going on here with people sharing all the same ideas. We were having an encounter of each other. Yeah, this is good. This is what this was. This was an encounter of God in men. Mm. and in the places in their story that they hadn't even yet encountered God. Mm. Or, like for yourself, you where you have encountered God, and that gives vision, because we need to be led. We all do. We all need to be led. So when you have people who have gone into the work, right, they're not, and then you get them off a stage and into a living room or across the table, it becomes personal and you mm-hmm. actually get the contact of what I view as like God in man working and healing and just, I don't know, touching the areas that I, in my heart that I needed to be touched. And it wasn't of the mind. I wasn't getting, you know, like literally no teaching. there was no teaching. And that's such a trap for me because it's like, I, it plays to my performance complex. Okay. I need to learn this and I need to get this one more thing instead it was undoing that and mm-hmm. it was really just revealing myself and that's scary. And then it was, it was absolutely the self my soul needed, my heart, my, you know, everything um, needed was to just be. And then as you go, like, so I, you know, I, I don't forget what point I shared. You're kind of like, you know, thinking about, Oh man, what am I going to, what am I going to even speak to? And sure enough, there's just, you know, God's faithful just speaks almost on your behalf (laughs) because you know what it is you need. Even if we don't know it up in our mind, we know it on a soul level of where we need to be known. And when it's safe to do that, you reveal it Mm. that then you want to see that happen for the rest of the guys around you. And so you're just championing them yep. and not even trying to coach them or teach them. You're not trying to give them feedback on where, the, you know, well, you need to correct this and the, oh no, you're off here. There's none of that. This is about hearing what is about hearing where God is at work in people's lives where we, you know, where, where we've been hiding. Um, it's an encounter 100%. Yeah, of good men. Um, our group still gets together. <laughs> so cool. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. So, so good. from last spring to now, I think there's a text flying around today or yesterday about yeah. when the next time we can meet because the bond of and dudes we didn't know each other. None of us. And we and again, I think I mentioned early on, but we try to put people with people they don't know. 
there, there's something on that too. And I don't know the psychology behind it, but it, it's powerful. Yeah. What we're, what we're doing. Um, and we just wanted to jump on here and yeah. I, I wanted Joel to share kind of what his experience was and let you guys know that we were almost full, but I just wanted to leave, um, a few spots open for anybody that listens to our podcast that might be interested in checking it out. Um, we're going to do another one in the spring. So it's not like this is the last time we're ever going to do it. Um, and they're pretty intimate. We only take 28 guys. Um, we're taking three more this time. Um, we're going to have more story group leaders. So we're going to actually do less, um, story group times. We're only going to do three this time instead of four. Yeah. Um, to get more space and time for journaling or napping or basketball. <laughs> um, ball, we played some wicked games of volleyball, too. Undefeated. Yeah, we were undefeated. Yeah. Um, and we have some really good food, and it's just a, I don't know, it's just yeah. not your typical men's group or thing. Whatever the stigma is you think of a men's retreat, I've never been. I don't a, think it is. I've never, I've never been a part of a, a retreat like that. And I won't miss another one. I mean it. Like I, I recognize mm. that I, this is something that I need in my life to have encounters with other people along the way that, you know, we all don't know what the hell we're doing none of and us. none of us. And so when you get all those people together and you're honest and humble, um, something really beautiful happens that you didn't realize you even needed until it gets you there. And you just feel so grounded and hopeful. And I, I was going to say, Jeremy, I came away from the last one and going into the, this next one, I feel so hopeful mm-hmm. because you're seeing what's happening when, when we come together honestly and humbly, uh, without agenda, without posturing. Um, it's, it's transformation of heart, right? It's healing in, you know, of addictions. It's like no longer being ashamed. And then it, it's a new story and it's mm, a story that's good. full Beautiful. of hope. Yeah. So I just, whoever is listening to this, um, and it, you know, it hits you. Um, this is so hopeful and there is a new story mm-hmm. and it doesn't forget the old story. It just integrates it. And you've like, you have so much wisdom from your story that it's so hopeful because you know, this is the future of fathers and husbands in our world and not the old story anymore. That's so, that's perfect. That's what beautiful words to put. You put that too. Thank you for that. And, and yeah, the, the, the point of this is, is if you don't think you're qualified, you're the most qualified. Yeah. Right. Who's first, who's last is first in the kingdom. But also I just want to say that no matter where you're at in your story, you have something in your story that is hopeful to somebody else. And it doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of the narrow path, in the middle, nobody's arrived in it. Nobody's got it figured out. So I, I just don't want anyone to think that they're not qualified because you have something to offer to the men around you, oh, whether yeah. it's at work or wherever. I don't, it doesn't really matter. Or at this retreat, yeah. like don't feel like you don't have anything to add because you might be holding something that you've went through that you don't even know is somebody else's key to victory in a yeah, part of their that's life. Really good. And I've seen that happen so many times around the fire. People come not say anything for six months, like Rudy, 
<laughs> Rudy. And then when Rudy He's talks, amazing. you're like, what the hell, dude? Like, yeah. we we needed Rudy mm. to be here from day one. But he didn't know that he had anything worth sharing, and he's like wrecking all of us all the time. Yeah. But he he's a perfect example of somebody that has something to say that didn't know he had anything to say. So don't disqualify yourself if you're interested. Here's how, and I'll put this in the the notes on the podcast how you can um, get a hold of us. But um, info at thewildcourage.life. Info at thewildcourage.life. If you do .com, it will not work. So make sure it's .life, and I'll put it in the show notes. But, um, yeah, and then the the website is thewildcourage.life, also www. So You named it aptly. Yeah. It's, it's wild courage, man. It is. It takes it. <laughs> yeah. So, Joel, thank you so much Love for it. coming out and spending part of your afternoon with me to do this. Right. And... Again, the retreat is November 4th, 5th, and 6th, um, right? Yeah. Is it Friday, Saturday? Friday, whatever that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. 4th, 5th, and 6th. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hit us up if you're interested, and we'll have you fill something out, and hopefully there's some spots left, but we're we're saving some for you guys. So Come on. Yep, come on. Anyway, thanks, buddy. Cool. Love you, man. Glad to be here. Bye.